You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper. We're here to talk about a college basketball game that didn't, you know, help the sport all that much. It was pretty ugly. One of those kind of college basketball games. But what a story for Coleman Hawkins. He gets the fifth triple-double in Illinois history. 15 points, 10 assists, a career high, 10 rebounds. Gets it in the 39th minute of the game. Comes out of the game to a raucous applause as Illinois crushes the Orange, Syracuse, 73-44. to Derek, we thought Coleman Hawkins would be a great matchup, kind of the great answer to this vaunted Syracuse 2-3 zone. This isn't a very good Syracuse team. It's not as long. Uh, it's, it's a pretty short Syracuse team by their standards. Uh, a down Syracuse team, but to see him do that, what did you think? It was impressive. He told us yesterday he wasn't hiding anything, that he'd be in the middle of that zone making plays. And... Just the fact that the offense runs through him so much this year, and Brad's called him kind of the, the trigger, the igniter of the offense. It's really at both ends of the floor, and I thought he made a lot of really good decisions. He was great with his passing, very quick, and a lot of no looks, and I think he was pretty pretty hard to be able to contain with being able to get the ball in there and make plays. And uh, I know there were times, and I, I agree with the crowd, the crowd was kind of urging him to shoot a little bit more there early in the second half, and uh, he got a little more aggressive as he stepped in 12 feet, a little bit of floater action there, hit a three that was good to see out of him. And, and the turnovers were down because this is a guy that had 19 turnovers in the previous four games combined, only two tonight compared obviously with the 10 assists. And triple doubles against a high major opponent, even though Syracuse is down, is pretty, pretty good. Pretty good for your NBA draft stock. And, and I know Coleman can have nights where he's not as effective offensively. Uh, but this is why NBA scouts are, are so interested in him, Derek, is he doesn't have to be the, the leading scorer. Terrence Shannon beat him up because he jacked up 15 threes. We'll talk about that here uh, in a little bit. But uh, this is the overall skill set that, that NBA teams love to see and kind of a guy that can impact the game in every way. He was fantastic defensively. He was great on the glass tonight. Uh, and, and just the passes he makes, the, he had a couple no-look passes where he's always thinking a step ahead of, how I see this guy's open. How can I get him even more open? Um, he said he loves to be a facilitator. The coach has got to deal with it. He's not going to put up some shots. Uh, but tonight, I did think in the second half, he kind of found a balance of being aggressive, finding his own shot, but also just dicing them up because he is a great passer. He loves watching the Golden State Warriors. He loves Draymond Green, the way he plays. And I think that's, you know, even Coleman's way taller than him. I think that's a great example of what, Coleman can be at the next level is just kind of the connector on every on each side of the ball. Yeah, and I appreciate his mindset of wanting to be that playmaker. Now, I think that he will probably look back at it, and there was some 
you know, turnaround J's that he could have taken or taken, I should say, and going forward, uh, those are shots that you want him to be able to to look for. But at the same time, I mean, this is a role that he's been familiar with since high school. Where he's playing with Jalen Green and Namari Burnett, two yeah. pretty good guards and someone that at prolific prep, they put the ball in his hands, let him run the break, let him at the top of the key make decisions, set those guys up. And it's such a value, like you said, at the NBA level to be able to pull your, your, your big man out onto the perimeter, leave that lane wide open and uh, hit cutters and, and, and let those guys, you know, the, the athletes at the guard position, wing position, get downhill. And then defensively, he can switch on just about anybody. Uh, and he's providing some rim protection, too. I, I know that in general, you're getting kind of a collective effort there. And I, I want to talk about that as we go into yeah. focusing on the defense uh, for Illinois. But yeah, Hawkins with 10 rebounds is, is encouraging. And the fact that he defends so well and then offensively can be that uh, facilitator that you run things through. Yeah, I think the defense is the story of the night when it comes to a, a holistic perspective of this team. We'll, we'll get into that, Derek, but how about this? Coleman Hawkins joins. He's just the fourth Illini to get a, a triple-double. I would assume had two in a month. I think it was within three weeks of each other during that 2021 season when no one else but us could be in here. That was, uh, what, Minnesota? And then I forgot who the second oh, yeah, the other one to, was. I have to look at my record book, but it was it was amazing to do it um, twice in the, in the matter of weeks. Uh, otherwise, Sergio McClain in 2001 and Mark Smith. No, not that Mark Smith, 1979 Mark Smith, who was a fantastic uh, Illini player. But how about that? Three of the five triple doubles for Illinois basketball have come during the Brad Underwood era. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's talent. Maybe it's the skill he's getting. Uh, but but Io and, and Coleman to do it three times in, in the last three years, pretty fantastic display of talent right there, Derek. Talent and tempo help. More possessions, more opportunities for assists. But, yeah, obviously you got to have guys that are really, really good. Io was that, and Coleman showing that he has just a, a really dynamic skill set for someone that is at his size. And now just the fact that I think it's really interesting and in just the way that Coleman was able to, to bide his time with Kofi there where the offense runs through Kofi or the offense runs in the pick and roll. And Coleman's kind of that, I wouldn't say afterthought, but supporting cast member. And now – with Kofi gone and, and the way that he's able to to step into this new role and, and, and kind of get back to playing the offense through him, it, it's it's been a good thing for him to be able to embrace that and, and obviously show why he wanted to. You know, he continued to say, you know, I haven't shown everything that I'm capable of yet. He's yeah. shown it now, it's, and it's good to see. He is he's the most unique player on this team. Um, there's a reason he's you know so high. Uh, Terrence Shannon's a phen phenomenal NBA prospect as well. Uh, but Iodesumu was 19 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists against Wisconsin at, at Minnesota, and then had 21, 12, and 12 against Wisconsin. Surge had 10, 11, and 11 against Michigan back in 2001, and Mark Smith in 1979 at 18 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists versus Minnesota. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. 
or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, Derek, uh, this Syracuse team isn't very good. They're now 3-4 and four with losses to Bryant and Colgate, uh, and now a 29-point loss. Uh, to Illinois on the road in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. But I, I don't think we should understate what Illinois did defensively tonight. Judah Mintz is a very talented player, 3 of 16 from the field. Joe Girard has scored a lot of points uh, at Syracuse, 0 of 3 from the field, 0 points. Mintz just 9 points. Even Jesse Edwards, who had really good moments in the first half, had 17 boards, was really active, only 9 points on, on 3 for 9 shooting. Benny Williams was so frustrated he got kicked out of the game late in this one. This defense is legit, Derek. Uh, what they did against UCLA, holding them under a point per possession. And really, Virginia, they're holding under a point per possession until the final couple minutes. Um, it'll be tested coming up with Maryland and Texas. But what do you make? How good is this defense so far? It's got a chance to be really good, one of the best in the country because of their length, athleticism, the way they can turn you over. And Judah Mintz was someone that had the profile of one of those guards that really hurt you last year, the athletic, kind of bigger lead guard that can really score and get downhill. And Illinois did a great job. It was a collective effort. Terrence Shannon was on him for a while, Sky, Jaden. I think in general also their ability to contest shots without that seven-foot shot-blocking center, the, the traditional like shot blocker that – Syracuse has, but that's kind of what you think of in terms of someone having rim protection. But Illinois actually block rate this year, 40th. I looked on Ken Palm in the country last year, 262. So a lot more of ability to get those block shots because you have that those athletes that help defense. They're tough to score on in the paint. And then also, obviously, when they're able to turn you over, 17 turnovers for Syracuse. Mintz just got completely out of sorts. And he's had some really good moments this year with averaging 16 a game and he shows explosiveness on a, on a poster dunk that he got over Sky early in the game, but there wasn't much after that for him to be had. So three of 16, four turnovers, and then for Gerard to continue his shooting slump, he didn't get off a lot of shots. He came in previous two games, he was two for 22 from the field. This makes it two for 25 in his last three. It's been a tough go for him. Yeah, um, I'm really impressed of Sky Clark and Jaden Epps. They do have some scouting report errors, like they they help off in the, in the short corner, all those kind of things. But, like, they'll have some of those. They're freshmen. It's November, Brad Underwood said. But they do have more size than the guards that Illinois had last year. Uh, they're, they're strong for freshmen. Um, those guys, along with, you know, Matthew Myers sometimes needs to get back quicker, but he can be a very strong half-court defender. We know Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon are as good at their position as really anybody in the Big Ten. So when you have those guys who, who aren't negatives defensively, Derek, and could be strong by the end of the year, and R.J. Melendez, I think, has been uh, pretty active, and we'll talk about him here. Mm-hmm. And Dane Danger is so good at contesting uh, and blocking shots, but also just forcing misses. And he's obviously more versatile uh, in the drop coverage when he's on than, than Kofi Coburn was. And then Ty Rogers, we know he's going to give you something defensively. Sincere Harris, who Brad Underwood said the injury isn't serious. Um, we know what he can give defensively. So uh, I think those freshmen all stepping up, and I thought it was interesting, danger and four freshmen on the court at one point. That, that doesn't happen unless Brad Underwood trusts them defensively. 
Yeah, definitely. And the fact of, like you mentioned, sincere, the way he can get into you. We know that he's going to be a defensive asset and has been very early in his career. Ty Rogers still figuring some things out, but we know that his size, his frame, uh, very advanced for a freshman. And I think the same thing for Jaden Epps and, and Sky Clark. Those are strong guards. Jaden's really quick. Uh, sincere, I, that's not to say that Sky isn't as far as uh, being a good athlete, too. And, yeah, on the wings, you just got a lot of length and, and athleticism. RJ, Terrence, uh, Matt's played a lot better. I know we'll hit on him. I think his energy's been a lot better. Uh, two steals is kind of a, a real nice collective effort for him as far as effort plays and, and just checking the boxes in a couple of different areas. So uh, you get a lot defensively. You got a lot of versatility, which we knew going in, uh, and just the length and size at, at Positional size, as Brad Underwood likes to say, is, is definitely evident. Yeah, before we talk about some of the individual performances out, outside of uh, Coleman Hawkins here, Derek, I, I want to bring up offense because I, I thought the team passed incredibly well tonight. 21 assists on 24 field goals, only had seven turnovers, and I felt like a lot of those were late in the game. At one point, it was like 15-3 to three, uh, turnovers. Syracuse ended up having uh, 17 in this one, but... They shot 39 threes. That was just one short of tying the record, which, if you remember, it was 40 attempts against North Carolina in the 2005 National Championship game. So Brad Underwood said he didn't, didn't mind all that. Um, I thought they could have, you know, it's hard to drive, right? It's hard to dribble drive on this zone. That's the whole point of it. They had a lot of open shots, Derek. I didn't think a lot of them were forced. A lot of them were in rhythm. They struggled to make a bunch in the first half. Right, yeah. You look at the way when Colgate beat Syracuse, they hit 19 threes. So they're, they're going to give you those open looks, and if you're able to take advantage enough, I, I think you look at you know, 28% from three. As far as the volume of how many you took, you just wish you made a couple of more uh, of those being open. Like Sky goes 0 for 7, but the, I think the quality of those looks towards the top of the key were pretty good, and, and Brad was even after misses you know number six number seven still telling you, like Scott shoot the ball like we're good with you taking those type of shots I do think they settled a little too much there were some lulls offensively where I would have liked to see them get the ball in the middle of the zone a little bit more like I said Coleman being more aggressive in that in that painted area around the free throw line and uh, but for the most part I didn't think that it was it was terrible as far as approach but and you're not going to see this type of defensive scheme a whole lot so you just kind of had to to get through the the slog of it and, and ultimately able to pull away there in the second half yeah shannon five of 15 he forced one there was a heat check even though he only made it one at that point uh but you'll take it 17 points from him Jaden naps three of six tonight rj melendez hit a couple uh it was really the sky clark 0 for seven if he makes a couple of those you're probably not worried about a 13 for 39 type of night right Right, and Shannon takes 15 threes and of his 17 attempts. It was just tough with Jesse Edwards. And the, where the Syracuse defense does still have length is that back line where they go 6'7", six, 6'8", six, on the two you know backside wings, and then Edwards at 6'11". They, they've got a good amount of rim protection, so it wasn't like Shannon could just, I'm going to the rim, I'm going downhill. It was something that Syracuse does take away pretty well. So, uh, yeah, outside of Sky having a, a rough night, I think in general you'll – You'll, you'll take it. Matt's 0 for 3 from 3. I know that Brad, uh, it was funny, he brought up maybe he needs to get the mullet back. I don't know how quickly you can progress that in the next couple of weeks to, to bring that back to get his shot going, he, he mentioned. But, uh, yeah, I think that for the most part it was fine. But I do think there are some times where they, they fall in love with some early threes in the clock. But uh, they'll, they'll continue to, to learn from that and get more of a feel and cohesion offensively as a team. I don't get the business 
like approach for for Matt Meyer. Bring that mullet back, man. Like that was that, that that's nil money. Yeah. Now, he's not struggling in that area, I would imagine. But <laughs> I think I can. <laughs> I would say he's doing pretty well in that. Yep. Uh, I want to bring up RJ. Trademark though. Yeah, yeah. I want to bring up RJ Melendez. Uh, Thirty-two points over the last two games. I know he got a lot of free throws um, there late, but he had a nine-point stretch there in the second half, including six straight points. It really blew open this game. Um, I, I know these aren't the best teams we've they've played the last couple of games, Derek. But are you seeing him? You know, even after a first half where he got in foul trouble, got out of the game here early, he always seems to score an early field goal for Illinois. Uh, but I think we're seeing a little bit more confidence. And man, those corner threes. Uh, he can score a lot of points off that this year when you got Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins, Sky Clark, and, and Jaden Epps really splashing the ball around. I thought Matthew Meyer was great passing too. Yeah, I agree. And we saw in recent seasons Jacob Grandison have a lot of open corner threes, even Demonte Williams, to now have RJ in that role in the offense. And we know there's going to be a lot of focus on Terrence is going to try to get downhill. Coleman's facilitating top of the key there in the middle of that defense. And uh, they're going to be able to to get those shots in the corners, and, and RJ is showing that he's a really good shooter. I think he is playing with more energy. Brad's pushed him to play with more toughness, more grit, more effort on the glass, and and that was kind of how that was one of his early fouls was trying to make an effort play on an offensive rebound. Ultimately, got a got a foul, and then picked up another one uh, where he had to sit. But I, you look at two steals, six rebounds, 15 points. It's pretty good, and, and for someone that prior to the Lindenwood game, hadn't scored in double figures yet this year. Now he's got back-to-back games, double figures, and this one a little more impressive, obviously, against a high major team. Uh, Matthew Meyer's shot is not falling. I think he's still, what, around 20% from three, goes 0 for 3 tonight. Man, I like, I like you said it earlier, the effort uh, has been phenomenal the last couple of games. He doesn't look like he's injured anymore. Yeah. Um, eight rebounds tonight, five on the defensive glass, three on the offensive glass. Drew five fouls because of some of that effort, two steals, two assists. I thought he was great passing the ball tonight. And he took open shots. He didn't force them. I think we've seen Matthew Meyer since, what, that UCLA game. He, he looks different. Uh, he looks comfortable. And he's given those little effort plays that Brad Underwood just goes, winner, winner. He loves him. Yeah, I mean, you look at this, the stat book, you got five points, eight rebounds, drew five fouls. That's someone that's playing with more physicality, more effort, two assists, two steals. He, he helps you in a lot of different areas, and while the shot-making can still come around, and we know that he's highly capable of that, and, and I think that he will get in a groove at some point, it's nice to see him feel like he's got the the conditioning side a lot better uh, and then just moving a little with a little bit more freedom and pop and energy and that's been been a, a big asset and the fact that he had nine rebounds against Lindenwood eight tonight Brad wants to see a, a more collective effort on the glass especially out of the wings and Myers brought it here recently and, and it's a huge part of this <laughs> part of the schedule to be able to now go to against Maryland and Texas and and we'll get into all that but having him come around is is a big deal. Uh, Jaden Epps just continues to bring it from a scoring perspective. I'm not really bothered by Sky Clark tonight. 0 for 10, I know um, he's going to struggle to finish around Jesse Edwards and some of the Syracuse length in the front court. But the 0 for 7, I, I didn't feel like most of those threes were forced. He missed two free throws early. That seemed like a confidence. But, you know, he's still steady out there, Derek. Five rebounds, um, no turnovers in 30 minutes, two steals, three assists. I, I want him shooting the ball, so I'm, I, I'm not going to nitpick Sky Clark tonight because I, we've wanted him to be aggressive, keep shooting the ball. They'll go in. He's a good shooter. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with the approach. It's just didn't have shots go down. And he's been someone that has shot it really well from three up to this point in the season. And uh, I think that you'll you just kind of chalk it up as a game that didn't have the shot going. And uh, you want him to continue to to be aggressive and, and look for a shot, not to to go into just kind of hero ball mode, which he hasn't. He's kind of been on the opposite end of that spectrum at some point earlier in the season where he was tentative and didn't want to look for his own shot, but. The confidence that he got out of Lindenwood, shot it tonight, just didn't go in. And uh, it, I think you're going to have those moments when you got a freshman guard. And I mean, Mintz on the other side, you, you play some of these bigger games, and sometimes you, you just he don't. He was out of control. Like, right. That was, Clark was never out of control. I agree. I agree. So, as far as kind of the way that he approached the game, it didn't, didn't seem to rattle him too much, although going to the line and missing two, you thought maybe his confidence got shook a little bit, but he'll be fine. Yeah. Ty Rogers. Nice contribution tonight off the bench. Got 15 minutes. Been a while since he made a big impact against a high major opponent. Four points, two assists, gave you a rebound. Um, I just thought he was a little bit more aggressive. It was nice to see him in that kind of that same Coleman Hawkins spot, which in the future he would be that guy, right? When Coleman Hawkins goes to the NBA, Ty Rogers is that guy to sit uh, in the middle of a zone and, and kind of dice it apart. I thought he did a pretty good job of balancing, passing it, and attacking it, going two for four from the field. Been a while since we've seen him shoot four shot yeah. attempts in a game. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, I know that, you know, we, we've seen some games here where he's kind of had the, the DeMonte early on in his career stat line where he, he'll give you some rebounds, some some defensive contributions, uh, a couple assists, but just tentative and, and not wanting to, to, to do a whole lot offensively where Ty, I mean, the jump shot's still something that needs to, to come along for him. I don't think he'll take a ton of them, especially early in the season, but – I mean, he's got the physicality to, to attack the basket. He's, he's a decent athlete, and uh, I think that he can do that. And in the middle of the zone where you got the space to, to catch and turn and face, uh, I thought it was good to see him in, in more of an attack mode and, and something that he can build off of. All right, Derek, I love this schedule. I love it. We got to see two huge games, great games in Las Vegas. We get to see Syracuse in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. But the next week, you're heading to Washington, D.C. to see Illinois take on a really good Maryland team that's got a great starting five. And then we'll join up with you, Wagner and I, in New York City to see them take on a top five Texas team, assuming that they still stay there. I think they got Creighton this week. Man, buckle up. Here we go. Let's effing go. This is this is awesome. We get yeah. to find out again uh, what this team is capable of, but we really know, right? Like we, we've seen them a couple times. They can beat these kind of teams. Yeah, they definitely can. And the way they showed out against UCLA and Virginia uh, showed that they can compete with anybody uh, as far as in that realm. Now, Texas, with the way they, they put beat the brakes off of Gonzaga and what they've shown, they, they've got a chance to be in a really elite tier. Now, we'll have to – Continue that out throughout the, the rest of this season, but they got some really good guards. We're familiar with Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, the transfer from Iowa State. He's got a lot of athleticism too. Dylan Mitchell, a, a very highly touted freshman, and it's going to be big time basketball. But of course, Maryland comes first, and Kevin Willard. We both said in the offseason that we liked Maryland. I think yeah. you look at their starting five, and yeah, our hot take is I had them seventh, I think, in the league. I think you had them somewhere yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I called them the sleeper in the league, and I think I was maybe even sleeping on them by saying <laughs> they're the sleeper. But uh, yeah, Julian Reese has played really well for them. Dante Scott, heck of a front court tandem, and uh, they brought in some transfers in the backcourt. And, and Hakeem Hart's been a, a nice. Yeah. Two two way wing that doesn't get talked about enough in this league. So I don't know how much depth they have. Illinois can maybe yeah. use that to their advantage as far as Dane Epps, some of the guys they bring off the bench. But Maryland on the road, which has been a 
tough place for Illinois, and, and the talent that they have in that starting five is definitely legit. Yeah, and they got a couple transfer guards that, that are veterans. I, I think it's going to be a really interesting game for Jaden Neps and Sky Clark in that perspective. And it's one of the toughest matchups for the front court. I mean, Dante Scott and Julian Reese, and you mentioned Hakeem Hart. Like, that is – that's a great front court, versatile, athletic, skilled. Julian Reese is, you know, taken off as one of those breakout stars as a sophomore. Should be a fun game, and we'll see how the Maryland fans uh, show up because they they should be excited uh, about that team. They can do some things in the Big Ten this year. And you mentioned it, Texas. They got national title kind of talent. They they have, and we know Chris Beard is a really, really good coach. But we know Illinois can cause some problems. And you mentioned one of the things that I think is huge for Illinois is depth, Derek. Um, bench outscores Syracuse's bench again. It seems like, I'd have to look it up again, but it seems like every game, Illinois' bench has the advantage. And that second group or that third media timeout, I think in second halves, that's where Illinois can really pull away. And that's kind of where we have seen them pull away tonight, UCLA. Right, that's huge because we know defensively with how disruptive they are, they can kind of wear you down a little bit and you get into that second half. And the fact that they're going to have more guys to throw at you and the production that Dane's giving you, the fact that Epps looks a lot more comfortable than he did first week of the season. And uh, he's been continued to be a bucket getter, making those threes. Uh, you mentioned RJ from the corner. Jaden had a couple of those as well. And uh, Sincere, we'll hope that he's he's well coming off the, the getting banged up tonight on the bread. Feels like he will be. And... Uh, he's he's an impactful guy. I mean, he only played four minutes, and I thought he would have played quite a bit more because he was he was getting after it defensively, and we know that he can kind of flip that switch as far as that next level of pressure. And hopefully, Ty continues to trend positively because Ty was thought to be, and still can be, one of the most you know college ready type of freshmen, not only in, at Illinois but maybe around the league because of his his physicality and what he showed with Team USA. So uh, those, you know, six, seven, eight, nine guys in the rotation have a chance to, to be a separator for Illinois for sure. Yeah. So just updating uh, the live audience here, Maryland crushed Louisville 79-54. Louisville is 0-7. Maryland 7-0. and Our boy Brett Dawson, feel for you. <laughs> He's covering a bad basketball team. Uh, Iowa beats uh, Georgia Tech at home 81-65. Clemson beats Penn State at home in double overtime, 101 to 94. And as we're recording this, Wake is up on Wisconsin, 72-71. Wisconsin so close to a 6-0 record with that Kansas loss. And then Michigan uh, going head-to-head with uh, Virginia at this point, 58-58 with about uh, eight minutes left. This felt like moving day, as they call in golf, for, for the Big Ten. It set up pretty well for them. Uh, but we'll see the ACC stealing a few that maybe we didn't think they would. Uh, let's get to a few questions before we get out of here. Uh, Dante Scott. We need a podcast when Dante Scott leaves Maryland. Dude kills us. He's been a tough, tough match. I think it's a big game for, for Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins, especially in kind of, a, Derek, maybe a show of what this versatile switching defense can do because when you have to sit and drop coverage, Dante Scott's kind of a guy who can tear you up a little bit. Definitely. I mean, he's a really good player. Physical, has a jump shot, can make plays off the dribble, hit the glass. And the one difference is the matchup for Dante Scott in recent years has been either Jacob Grandison or DeMonte Williams for the most part. And while DeMonte has the, has strength and, and can be someone that can kind of hold his ground, I mean, Dante can score over both of those guys. Now you got Meyer, you got Shannon, you got guys that are more lengthy and, and more height uh, to be able to try to contest his looks. And they're going to have to keep him off the glass. And but yeah, Dante's a very good player and is playing like a an all league type of guy. 
Uh, we got a question from Patrick. He said, is it too wor- uh, too early to worry about free throw shooting? I think they started Illinois the game one for seven. Ended pretty well because R.J. Melendez uh, got to the line. I'm just bringing up the numbers uh, here. They are 65% from the free throw line. So I know it's a smaller sample size, but that's seven games, Derek. I think yeah. this is a good shooting team. Uh, Sky Clark, I thought that was confidence. He was a little rattled early. Terrence Shannon we've seen in the last couple games. Um, miss a few. He's two for two tonight. Um, I think this should be a good free throw shooting team outside of what, Dane Danger? Dane and Ty probably. Yeah. The, the one guys, the two guys you probably don't want to see up there a, a ton, but I mean, that's not to say they can't progress that and, and, and be able to get better at it. But, yeah, I mean, Terrence is an 80% career free throw shooter and, you know, Meyer can shoot, Hawkins, Sky, Epps on down the line. It is a little early, but it is something to kind of keep on the radar because they, they're leaving some points out there that, of course, you get into tight games like on the road at Maryland, Texas, and a neutral that you're going to need every point you can get. Uh, Marshall asks, this is a good question, speaking of Maryland, do you see a little Anthony Cowan in Jaden Epps' game? That's a pretty I, good comp. I, I still like – I don't know if he's quite as bouncy. I still like the Carson Edwards kind of thing. Yeah. Carson had a little more bounce to him, it felt like. Um, but, man, I, th- I just think he's going to, at some point in his career, going to average like 17, 18 points a game. I agree. I mean, I, I think – I guess Cowan did too. He did, and Cowan was one of the quicker guards in the Big Ten, and probably a little bit quicker than Jaden, but Jaden does have good quickness, obviously can shoot it, and can get to the rim too and, and finish. So, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think there's – there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, thoughts, Ryan asked, on the ACC Big Ten Challenge ending. It was a great run. Um, I, I thought this was a really fun event. Obviously, it ends because ESPN and Big Ten's uh, relationship has ended. So now it goes to the the big uh, or the SEC ACC, which is a lot of fun too. I mean, those are two SEC's got a lot of talent uh, in that league, and and they're getting better at basketball. Um, I don't know if I'm that upset about it, Derek, um, because I do think one thing that Brett Underwood now can do is is pick his games. You don't get to pick your opponent with this, and you can have a home-and-home home, uh, against an opponent. So let's get uh, Illinois-Kansas done. I, I know people are talking about Big 12, uh, Big 10. That would make sense because Fox has a relationship with both of those in the media rights deal. I'd be fine with that because the Big 12 and Big 10 have been the best leagues uh, the last couple years. But... I don't know if it'd be the worst thing if for a little while you got to schedule your own home and homes because I think Illinois could attract a lot of people. And I'd like to go to Fog Allen, and I'd like yes. to see Bill Self return here. So let's get that done. I'm with you 100%. Now, I know that they have a home and home started this year with Indiana. They're going to play them this month and then have the return game next year. So maybe I doubt that Bill would stack Illinois and Indiana in the same offseason, so maybe not next year. but Coward. <laughs> maybe a, a year or two down the road. Let's get that thing done. Let's bring Bill back here. That would be awesome. And then, yeah, going to Fog, uh, you hear all around the, the basketball community that's one of, if not the best place to watch a game. So. Let's make it happen. Well, in, in the Big Ten, I think the Big 12 of football, you lose Texas, you lose Oklahoma. Why not own yourself as, like, the basketball league moving forward? And, and the Big Ten yeah. has been better than the ACC here recently. What The, the ACC has barely won any of these challenges o- over the last decade. So uh, I think that would be fun if they were to do that. You can go to some cool venues, some very good uh, basketball programs right now. So I'd be cool with that. But if it's not Kansas, Derek, who else would you want to do a home and home with? Like, I wish this year it was Texas Tech. You could have Terrence Shannon going back there and yeah. showing Mark Adams what he misses. That'd be a lot of fun. Man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we've done the Oregon thing, right? We've done the Gonzaga thing. Arizona has been a common 
one here of what? Baylor. Yeah. Baylor would be a lot of fun. Kentucky. Yes. Oh, they got, like, what, a six-year agreement with Gonzaga? Come on, Come on. Owen Chin. Yeah, they can, Owen they can Chin work that out. Back. Bring them back. How about an SEC school like in Arkansas? Oh, that fan base is insane. Uh, Arkansas fan base is great. When we went to Kansas City last year, they showed up as, as well as anybody. Way better than anybody. Um, Illinois fans were obviously there, but Arkansas – uh, was was huge numbers, so that'd be a lot of fun. The must bus, I'll get yes. on that. I'll get on yes. that train. Auburn, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, somebody said Creighton. Yeah, they're a lot of fun, man. Uh, Bama, yeah, Bama's got Bama's got basketball. What happens when you win at football? You invest in all of that. Um, yeah, we talked about some of those. Brad, Jake said, hits 100 wins tonight. How many wins does he finish his tenure at Illinois with? Yeah, Gavin Good asked me which Illinois coach is quickest to 100. It had to be Bruce Weber. Yes, uh, Bill Self, I, I don't think, think so. was here long enough to get to get 100. Uh, but Brad's got to be right behind that. Um, man, if he's here for another 10 years, there's definitely 200 more <laughs> wins. Um, so I would set the over-under, what, 220-something? Would you go over or under that? Mm, over. I don't think he's going to go to another job. I think he likes it here, and they, they take care of him, and he thinks he can win a national championship here. And if you win a national championship at Illinois, statue. Statue. agree with all that. I <laughs> agree with all that. Yeah, I think that I mean, he can, at this point, he can stay as long as he wants to stay. And I think that he, he's mentioned multiple times he loves it here. And if, the way that he's got it rolling, I mean, you think about – Illinois should be in the mix for 21 seasons yes. every year. So I kind of started. That's five more years. years. That's 100 more. I mean, why, why not? 220. Pretty good spot. Uh, Iowa State would be fun, William said. I agree with that. Great environment, great fan base. When we went to Maui, that fan base showed out. Uh, one last one from Nolan. He said, some worries with danger against bigger opponents struggle the last couple of games. Just needs to play strong. That's length. I mean, that's Big Ten length. That's, you know, high major length. He'll still be very good. I, but I, I don't think we ever expected him to average 17 points a game uh, once we got into high major Big Ten play. He's still a very useful piece because they have nothing else like him. Right. And, and there might be a situation where you now want him to go a little bit more of, of pull a bigger guy away from the basket, uses his skill, is off the dribble. I, obviously, I think when he uses his patience, because he's, he's someone that can – Hit you with a variety of moves and kind of use, use the shot fake, get a guy in the air. But yeah, I mean he's he's six nine, so he has some limitation in terms of his height. And you, you face a seven foot guy or six eleven like Edwards with long arms, it's gonna be tough to finish around the basket. But that's not to say that he can't get it done. It's just an adjustment that he's gonna have to make. I know that there were some moments when he was playing in the first half where I, I thought that his rebounding effort could have been a little bit better. But of course, that's been on the season pretty darn good up to this point. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for watching on our live YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Give us a like, subscribe to us on there. Uh, follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us. We appreciate that. We'll have plenty of content. Derek's going to write about Coleman Hawkins' historic performance. I think we can call it that with a triple-double, the fifth in Illinois history, just the fourth player to do so. Uh, player grades up. we got plenty more coming on Illinois basketball. Derek going to D.C. There's a certain recruit. Uh, for yeah. Illinois that is out in D.C. that uh, he's going to stop by and see at some point. So, yeah. One more suggestion on the home and home. Memphis with a <laughs> golf outing. That's a good way to end it. I like that. Uh, thank you for listening to the Online Choir Podcast. Everybody take care. 
Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV, the CBS Sports app, and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.